Hello everyone and welcome to the Strange Matters Podcast. Here at Strange Matters we discuss everything that is bizarre, mysterious, and unexplained. I am Sean and I will be the host for this discussion. In this episode we will be discussing a pretty strange and recent theory known as the Mandela Effect. This idea has gained popularity over the past couple years and generated a lot of buzz on the internet. For listeners who may not know what the Mandela Effect is and wondering exactly what it's all about, it's basically a theory or phenomenon in which many people have apparent false memories of things that they otherwise would have sworn that they truly know. Those who truly believe that this idea is more than just faulty memories claim that the Mandela Effect is evidence of such extraordinary claims as time travel, parallel dimensions, and shifting timelines. In this episode, I will go over some of the different thoughts and theories on the Mandela Effect, as well as some of the popular examples commonly used. And this topic was suggested to us by Carlos, so thanks a lot. Before we get started, though, I wanted to make a few announcements about some of our future episodes coming up to get some feedback and participation from you listeners. We are planning on having a full-length discussion that is all about the zombie apocalypse, which I'm sure will be fun for all you out there who are zombie lovers like us. So if you have any particular topics or ideas involving the undead world and its reanimated corpses that you'd like for us to include, please let us know. Also, in the spirit of Halloween, one of my personal favorite holidays, we would like to put out a couple of creepy and scary episodes next month. To keep with that theme, we'd again like to ask any of you listeners out there to send in any of your own personal spooky, scary, or otherwise unexplained stories that you have. You can either write your tales to us, or if you'd prefer, you can even record it yourself and send us the audio. We have had a few good ones sent in to us recently, but we would love to hear any more that you would like to share with us. And we can even feature your story in our next installment in the Listener Story episode series. Also, any other suggestions out there that you listeners find interesting and scary, whether it be supernatural, paranormal, your favorite legendary monsters, or anything else, please feel free to send us those ideas as well. Now back to this episode's topic. The Mandela Effect is named after the South African politician, philanthropist, and anti-apartheid revolutionary Nelson Mandela. Mandela served as the president of South Africa from 1994 to 1999, and he was the first president elected in a fully representative democratic election in that nation. As for this phenomenon known as the Mandela Effect, it started out as an odd occurrence that someone noticed in 2010. A woman named Fiona Broom claims that she and others distinctly remember that Nelson Mandela died in prison in the 1980s, rather than still being alive at the time. In her own words, I thought I remembered it clearly, complete with news clips of his funeral, the mourning in South Africa, some writing in the cities, and a heartfelt speech by his window. Then, I found out he was still alive. Fiona isn't the only one who holds this supposed false memory as many others have chimed in with their own thoughts and statements that they too distinctively remember the man dying, despite historical evidence that he in fact lived for several more decades. When Mandela did pass away in 2013, again more people were confused as to how this man could possibly die twice, according to their memories. So the whole crux of the Mandela effect can be summed up in the following statement. Many different people from all over the world can often share the exact same memories of certain subjects and events that in reality aren't actually that way at all. 
In simpler terms, the Mandela Effect is a mass example of collective misremembering. The Mandela Effect has also been used as a theory of parallel universes. This is based on the idea that such a large amount of people who have similar alternative memories about past events, that it must be something more than just a mass case of false memories. Those who advocate for this theory claim that, for these collective experiences to be true, what we know as reality must have shifted to something different at some point in our past. Others claim that Mandela Effect proves that not only are there parallel universes of our current timeline, but that we are constantly switching between them. For example, perhaps you remember that there used to be a dash in between the words in the KitKat logo, only to discover now that KitKat is just one word with no dash in between. Or maybe if you were to think of the Coca-Cola logo, you would think that there is a squiggly line in between the words, but again found out that no such thing has ever existed. Perhaps after decades of knowing your favorite song's lyrics by heart, you suddenly find out that you have been wrong the entire time. If you believe in this parallel universe theory, in these cases, that particular person somehow transferred over to a different timeline in which there are several small changes that conflict with what they hold as true memories in their past. Some other broad and common examples of this are changes in historical events and figures, misquoting famous movie lines, remembering things spelled differently, company logos suddenly looking much different from what you remember, and much more. Another popular theory involved with the Mandela Effect is that of time travel. Some have speculated that due to the large amounts of people experiencing false memories in recent times, that perhaps this is evidence of time travelers who went back in time and unknowingly altered the past, much like the movie The Butterfly Effect. If there are time travelers going back into the past, their actions might be causing a ripple effect that would end up messing some things up for us in the current time. Perhaps this could account for the changes that so many people have said they are experiencing. As fun as some of these thoughts and theories are, one of the main issues with the Mandela Effect is that there are just so many theories and explanations out there that have little to basically no proof behind them. Many people are unwilling to blame these changes on simply false memories, as most people don't like to say they are wrong. But instead, they put forth a multitude of other, more extreme theories like shifting timelines, parallel universes, the multiverse theory, different dimensions, and many more. Though these ideas are definitely interesting, there isn't much anyone could use as evidence of such ideas besides just what they remember. And unfortunately, memories do not serve as proof of such theoretical physics and scientific theories. So if in fact one of these stranger explanations is in fact true, there's really no way to know for sure. Even if you don't buy into any of the more extreme possible theories, the actual phenomenon of the Mandela Effect is still pretty interesting nonetheless. There's still the question of how the Mandela Effect can have such widespread and colossal groups of people all misremembering the same thing. Many people vividly remember a painting of Henry VIII in which he is holding a turkey leg. But, of course, this painting has never existed, nor anything close to it. So what are all these people thinking of or drawing from memory? And why are there so many people all remembering the same thing, the same wrong thing? Perhaps the very act of reading or hearing some other person giving their own false memory can change your own memory instantly without you even being aware of it. 
it is well known that memories can be tampered with or altered pretty easily, even those memories that people swear is the truth, despite having evidence that says the contrary. Perhaps because the crowd, which is in the wrong, is so vocal in their beliefs. It has the power to influence others who have a vague memory of whatever subject is at the center. It could be that many people have modified their own memories to fit in with this new social trend. As for me personally, I have my own clear example of a false memory, and it comes from the science fiction movie Aliens. Now, Currently, the Alien franchise is probably one of my favorites, and I have seen the second movie in the series Aliens dozens of times in the past couple years. However, when I was a little kid, like six or seven maybe, I saw it for the first time. Needless to say, it scared the crap out of me, and imagining the xenomorphs creeping up on me is what always made me sprint up the stairs to my room whenever the house was dark. After watching that movie several times as a kid, though, I went on about a decade without ever seeing it. However, even though I went a long time since I had first seen the movie, there was always this one clear scene that always stood out to me as one of the scariest and most intense moments. I even remember describing this scene to several others who had not seen the movie before. Much to my surprise, when I was a teenager and finally watched it again, after the movie ended, I was suddenly confused as to what version I just watched. Did it have some scenes missing? Where was that one sequence that I so vividly remembered more than any of the other iconic scenes? Well, it turned out that that particular scene never actually existed. I couldn't even find any mention of anything like it anywhere in the franchise. That whole sequence, which stood out so clearly in my mind for about a decade, was simply a false memory. Perhaps I had later seen another movie and just swapped the plots, or maybe I had dreamt it one time and just assumed it had always been part of the movie. Regardless, this is just one example of how our own memories can be faulty or tripped into thinking that something happened one particular way, when in reality it never was. I'm sure for some of you listeners out there now, you may have had a similar situation, whether it be a misremembered scene in a movie, lines from a song, how a picture or painting looked, or anything else. Now what makes the Mandela effect particularly fascinating to me is that for some of these examples, there are countless of other people who all share the exact same memory of something that turns out to be false. I mean, who knows, maybe there's a few people out there who, if I was describing that particular made-up scene in Aliens, you would have suddenly thought you remembered it as well. There are a lot of different examples of such shared false memories that are grouped under the Mandela Effect. So for this next part of this episode, we will see what are some of the most well-known examples of the effect in action. So after I found out what the Mandela Effect is and a few theories to explain what's going on, I decided to have a little fun with the topic. Due to the large amounts of people online claiming to have such drastic different memories of how things actually are, I wanted to conduct my own little experiment regarding the Mandela Effect. So I put together a series of interviews with a few survey questions to test out some of the Mandela Effect's most popular and debated topics. So these test subjects include a few of my co-workers, my girlfriend Michelle, Strange Matters' own co-founder Ethan, and some of my family as well. So in this segment, I will be presenting several of these common questions regarding such misconceptions and false memories, as well as audio clips from the interviews. And I invite you listeners to play along as well and test out what your own memory tells you. So the first question I asked was the most obvious question and the one that gives the theory its name. And that question is, did Nelson Mandela die in prison in the 1980s, or did he die just a few years ago from health issues? 
Now, since I've already mentioned this in this episode, it should already be clear what the correct answer is. But let's find out what everyone else had to say about it. When did Nelson Mandela die? Was it in prison in the 1980s or in 2013 from health problems? 2013 from health problems. 2013 from health issues. 2013 from health problems. Uh, 2013. Yeah. Health problems. So there you have it. Everyone correctly knew that Mandela died in 2013. This actually embarrasses me, as from everyone I've talked to, I'm apparently the only person who would have stated that he died in the 80s. As someone who has such a keen interest in history, this certainly makes me feel like quite the dumbass. Though it's possible that I just came from a timeline where Mandela did in fact die decades ago. Who knows? The next question is probably the second most popular topic in this theory. The spelling of the Bear family in the popular children's book, The Berenstein Bears. I'm sure a good number of listeners now are at least somewhat familiar with The Berenstein Bears, which was a series of children's books that is popular worldwide. In the Mandela Effect, the question comes as to how do you spell the Bear family's last name? To be specific, does it end S-T-E-I-N or S-T-A-I-N? So I will ask those listening right now to think and come up with your own answer as to what you remember or know about the Berenstein Bears. For this question, the right answer might surprise some of you. The correct spelling of the Berenstein Bears is actually S-T-A-I-N. So now that you listeners know the correct answer, let's see how those I surveyed fared. How do you spell Berenstein? B-E-A-R-S-T-E-I-N. Or it's actually S-T-A-I-N. Is it B-E-R-E-N-S-T-E-I-N? It's S-T-A-I-N. S-T-A-I, like stain, okay. B-E-A-R-S-T-I-N? Bears? Wait, is Mandela dead? Okay. (laughs) B-E-A-R-E-N-S-T-E-I-N? B-A-R-S-T-E-I-N. S-T-A-I-N? That's that bear stain. (laughs) So it would seem that most people have trouble spelling the Berenstein Bear's name, not just how it ends, but the whole thing. Though it is clear the name has always been spelled with an A, some people still swear that they definitely remember it being the opposite as a child. This question, though it is one of the most debated, in my opinion is not so much of people remembering wrong by just spelling it how it sounds. Most people say it Berenstein and not Berenstain, so you would just naturally think that it was spelled with an E, despite that being wrong. There are plenty of people out there, though, who would disagree with me and insist that they either come from another timeline or that somebody traveled back in time and messed up the spelling. The third question I asked my panel of interviewees is, how do you spell Oscar Mayer? Popularized in the famous Oscar Mayer bologna commercials in the 1970s. Again, like the previous question, it comes down to one letter in the word Meyer. Is it spelled M-E-Y-E-R or M-A-Y-E-R? The correct answer is M-A-Y-E-R. Let's find out what everyone else thinks. How do you spell Oscar Meyer? O-S-C-A-R-M-E-Y-E-R. It's actually M-A-Y-E-R. I know, I should have sung the commercial song. (laughs) O-S-C-A-R, Oscar, 
M-E-Y-E-R. M-A-E-R. Okay. <laughs> O-S-E-A-R. M-A-Y-E-R. O-S-E-A-R. M-E-Y-E-R. M-A-Y-E-R. So for those I asked, the answers seem to be split pretty even. Again, I think this comes down to how people pronounce it as Meyer and not Mayer, and no one really needing to ever spell the word out. That gets people hung up. It is funny that some people have to sing the old jingle from the commercial to spell it, but even then, some still get it wrong. So is this evidence of a faulty memory, or is it just people being pulled into a different timeline? It's still anyone's guess, but let's continue on. Most people have eaten at the fast food restaurant Chick-fil-A before, famous with their goofy little commercials with the cows begging people to eat more chicken. So the question is, how exactly do you spell Chick-fil-A? There are multiple different ways to do so, as many people picture the logo in their head and spell it out. But perhaps a lot of people are just remembering it incorrectly. The right way to spell it is C-H-I-C-K. A lot of people spell it with just a C or a K, but they would be wrong. So let's find out how everyone did. How do you spell the fast food restaurant Chick-fil-A? C-H-I-K-F-I-L-A with the dashes in between. It's actually C-H-I-C-K. Oh, gosh. <laughs> C-H-I-K? C-H-I-C-F-I-L-A. C-H-I-K-A, oh, yeah, F-I-L-A. What is this? Okay. C-H-I-C-K dash A, no, Phil A, <laughs> F-I-L dash A. C-H-I-K dash F-I-L dash A. No, it's not. No, it's not. Show me the logo. Oh, shit. Again, many people did get it wrong. Perhaps they think because of how the cows spell chicken wrong in the commercials, they do the same. Or maybe they think that the logo is some silly misspelled title instead of just being the first part of the word chicken. To me, that seems a little more likely than having three parallel universes in which the word is spelled differently and people are just bouncing around between the three. Going on with the survey, coming up next is another historical question, which is, what was Hitler's eye color? The two split answers on this topic seems to be either blue or brown. Now, many people say they remember Hitler being a big hypocrite for striving for the blonde hair and blue eyes of a master Aryan race despite himself having brown hair and brown eyes? Or is that all just a faulty memory and that the evil dictator really did have blue eyes? Well, as it turns out, Hitler did have half of the desired traits of an Aryan, as he did in fact have lighter blue eyes. This might be easily explained as nearly all photographs and film footage of Hitler is in black and white, in which his hair and eyes would naturally look darker. Also, it might be a widespread false rumor of him having such dark features while proclaiming of the Aryan race. Either way, many people believe at first that he did have brown eyes. What was Hitler's eye color? Hitler's eye color was brown. 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 Blue. Blue. I knew that. (laughs) 
Moving on, one of everyone's favorite cheesy snacks is Cheez-Its, or as it is actually incorrectly called, Cheez-It. Still, many people say that this just isn't right, and that it used to be Cheez-Its, but now suddenly it's Cheez-It. For this one, I find it to be a pretty easy mistake to have, as I think most people just say Cheez-It subconsciously as a way to pluralize it. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say, boy, I'm in the mood for some Cheez-It right now. So I think people just spell it pretty much as how they would normally pronounce it. So the question comes down to just how many people remember it wrong. Is it Cheez-Its or Cheez-It? It's Cheez-It. 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 Cheez-Its? Shit. Another widespread case of mistaken spelling can be found in the popular cream topping, Ready Whip. I'm sure many people have used Ready Whip before to top off their favorite dessert, or even just to spray directly into your mouth. What most people have conflicting views on is how you exactly spell the whip in Ready Whip. So if you take a moment out to spell it on your head, I can tell you right now that from what I've found, you're probably doing it wrong as it seems the majority of people want to spell it W-H-I-P. In reality, it is correctly spelled just W-I-P. For Ready Whip, how do you spell the whip? W-I-P. Is it W-H-I... Is it like double P? Or just P? W-H-I-P? W-H-I-P? No, I-P. W-H-I-P. Whip. W-H-I-P. No. <laughs> Another popular series of children's books are based on the mischievous and lovable little monkey, Curious George. Now, if you were to picture Curious George in your head, does he have a tail or not? Well, if you are picturing George and he does have a tail, then you are mistaken. He does not, nor ever had, a tail. Does Curious George have a tail? No. Um, it's a chimp, right? They don't have tails. No, he has pants. Yeah. What? Yes, he does. Uh, Bullshit. <laughs> yes. No. Wait. No, he does not. Okay. One of the most popular board games ever is Monopoly. And you can't have Monopoly without Rich Uncle Pennybags, also known as Mr. Monopoly, or just the Monopoly guy. Dressed in his suit and top hat, he is an icon of board gaming. However, there is some confusion about this well-known gaming figure. Does Mr. Monopoly have a monocle? I'll give you a minute to think about it. Now, despite nearly everyone insisting that he does in fact sport a monocle, in reality, he never has. Does the Monopoly guy have a monocle? Yes. No. He does not. He doesn't? Nope. Oh, that's the peanut guy. Yes. No. Yes. No. Really? Really? Yes. Yes. What? What? One of my beliefs is that many people are unconsciously swapping Mr. Monopoly with Mr. Peanut, who, along with sharing Monopoly's top hat and cane, does wear a monocle. 
Perhaps one of the most popular and beloved classic cartoons is that of Looney Tunes, featuring such endearing and well-known characters as Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, and the Tasmanian Devil. Though many may have fond memories of watching Looney Tunes, what they may not remember so much is how the word tunes is spelled. Again, I'll give you listeners a moment to think back and to spell out Looney Tunes. Once more, some of you may be confused to find that the tunes is spelled T-U-N-E-S and not T-O-O-N-S. And Looney Tunes, how do you spell tunes? T-O-O-N-E. T-O-O. N E S T O O N E S T U N E S T O O N E S T U N E S I think the confusion here most people have is spelling tunes as T O O N because it's a cartoon and that's how you would spell that word. It makes sense, but that doesn't make it right. And I think that's just a simple case of people remembering it wrong. The last two questions in my Mandela Effect survey are based on famous movie quotes. Each of these lines have been quoted countless times in the decades since the film's respective releases. The first one comes from the classic Disney movie Snow White. In that movie, the evil queen interrogates her slave in the mirror to tell her who the prettiest girl in town is. I would guess nearly all of you listening now knows that line by heart, but take a moment to think about it. From your memory, does the queen say... Mirror, mirror, on the wall, who is the fairest of them all? You might be thinking that sounds right. Well, if you haven't guessed it by now, that once again is incorrect. The right quote is magic mirror on the wall. Don't feel bad if you got this wrong, though. Seems to be a very common misconception, according to my own findings here. And Snow White, what is the, uh, the famous quote about the mirror? Mirror, mirror, on the wall... Who's the fairest of them all? It's actually magic mirror on the wall. What? Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest one of all? Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? It's actually magic mirror on the wall. Oh my god. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? It's actually magic mirror on the wall. Wow. Okay. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? And the last question I asked in my experiment is another movie quote, perhaps one of the most well-known movie quotes of all time. It comes from the movie Forrest Gump, starring the great Tom Hanks as Forrest. Though the movie has numerous memorable lines, perhaps the most well-known is one in which Forrest is comparing life to a box of chocolates. For the last time, I'd ask you to play that scene in your mind and think about what you remember Forrest says. Most of you are probably remembering the line as, My mama always said, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Does that sound right? Well, really the line goes, life was like a box of chocolates. Again, don't worry if you remembered it wrong. Apparently everybody does. What's the famous Forrest Gump quote about chocolates? Life is like a box of chocolates. Never know what you're going to get. It's actually life was like a box of chocolates. No, it wasn't. Yep. Life is like a box of chocolates? It's life was like a box of chocolates. Life was. Life is like a box of chocolates. It's life was like a box of chocolates. 
That's right. Everybody hears that wrong. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Actually, life was like a box of chocolates. But he's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> My mama always said, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. I think life was like a box of chocolates. Life was like a forest. Magic legs. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Life was like a box of chocolates. Why is it past tense? He's not dead. <laughs> I'm questioning my whole existence. Now, these are not the only misquoted movie lines. There are plenty of other examples most people get wrong. Some further examples is from the movie Jaws, in which most people remember the line is going, we're going to need a bigger boat, when it's really, you're going to need a bigger boat. Another comes from the movie Field of Dreams, with its famous line, if you build it, they will come, which in reality is, if you build it, he will come. There's also the famous case of Star Wars, in which Darth Vader never actually says, Luke, I am your father. But despite the fact that so many people quote these lines wrong, I think there are some pretty simple explanations to resolve this issue without the need to involve shifting timelines and parallel universes. These movies have been out for a pretty long time, enough time for a large amount of people to get just one of the words wrong and pass it along to other people, which could then implant the wrong saying into those people's minds. Because of how easily people can affect others' memories, Seems simple to me that something that came out decades ago can, over time, shift to something completely different from what it actually was at the beginning. As for some of the other examples, like company logos and how things are spelled, I think those are just cases of people really not paying super close attention to what they are looking at. For some of those examples I used in my previous survey, a lot of those misspellings come from logos that people just see but never really write out that much. So as for some final thoughts on the Mandela Effect, though it is always fun to come up with outrageous theories such as time travel or parallel universes, in cases like this, the simple explanation is most likely the correct one. Again, in this case, mistaken memories is a lot more simple and likely than bringing theoretical physics into the equation. It is much more plausible that the fault lies in people's memories rather than the blending of different timelines. And as everyone knows, memory is faulty. People misremember things all the time, especially as time goes on. So in the end, though, it is fun to think of people shifting into different timelines or dimensions where things aren't quite the same as they remember in their past. I think it's all just a big series of coincidences that so many people are remembering things the wrong way. And that wraps up this episode of the Strange Matters podcast. If you have your own thoughts or theories on the Mandela Effect, or if you have your own case of a vivid memory that turns out to be false that you would like to share with us, please feel free to write to us at our email, strangematterspodcast at gmail.com. You can also visit our website, strangematterspodcast.com, where you can listen to and download all of our episodes. I would like to remind you that Strange Matters is made possible by our generous listeners who are supporting the podcast through our Patreon page. We would like to sincerely thank our newest supporters of the show, Joe, Indigo, and Michelle. On Patreon, you can donate as little as $1 a month towards the show. And as an incentive, all of our patrons can help us decide which upcoming topics we should focus on. And for those willing to give a little extra, they can gain access to exclusive bonus episodes. If any of you listeners are interested in helping support our podcast, 
you can visit our page at patreon.com slash strange matters or just visit our website and click on the support us page and finally we ask that if you are listening to us on itunes please take the time to leave us a rating and a review it means a lot to us to get your feedback and it also helps promote the show so we can always reach new listeners so until the next episode of the strange matters podcast take care everyone